Welcome back to second part of our deep dive into the fundamental analysis. In part one, I laid the foundation by understanding the significance of financial ratios and delving into the nitty-gritty of how they can guide our investment decisions. In case you missed that, I recommend you have a listen. I will be waiting right here. Now in part two, let's consider a different perspective, that of the management, and understand what happens behind the scenes of preparation of financial statements. To explore this aspect, let me invite my next guest, Sumit Podar, founder of Tikona Capital. Welcome, Sumit. Ashish, thanks a lot for inviting me for this podcast. Sumit, could you please shed light on what truly occurs behind the scenes? How does the management prepare for financial reporting and earnings calls? Right, right. Ashish, I mean, fantastic question. I think uh, uh, very less uh, the uh, awareness or knowledge uh, is there about what or how most of the companies go about uh, preparing their financial statements. Uh, and as you rightly said, there is a lot of material uh, on the other side in terms of ratios and things like that. So we, we need to put it in maybe two buckets of dimensions. Uh, the first dimension itself is the timeline dimension. I mean, uh, it's the quarterly statement, annual statement, and similarly, if there are any specific events like analyst uh, meet or for that matter, any EGM or for that matter, any large strategic event that might have taken place for a company. So, uh, in terms of uh, kind of the financial uh, statements that, or maybe for that matter, any kind of a financial, um, not just a regulatory statement, but a statement or a presentation or any kind of uh, um, uh, disclosure that is being done. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, hard work goes behind it. Uh, within hard work, what I meant to say is, if it is quarterly statements, I mean, it's about aggregating the complete financials of branches, aggregating the complete financials of maybe the manufacturing unit. So first they need to kind of see which are the profit centers, which are the cost centers within that. Each of the metric needs to come uh, or maybe collated in a manner which can be much more presentable. While this is more a data aggregation part, but once the data aggregation part is being done, the finance team really need to ensure that it is being presented in a manner which is compliant with regulations. So, uh, rather it be corporate or a company's act, or for that matter, SEBI LODR act, which is what applies to most of the listed companies. So, that's, I mean, while this may be somewhat in terms of regulations, but at the same time, further differentiated or maybe a listed company has this responsibility to take care of each of the stakeholders. So, apart from preparing financial statements, they have to ensure that what kind of uh, growth or what kind of trajectory that they are going through, uh, there is a specific storyline behind it which aligns with the long-term goals that they are talking about. So, uh, what I mean to say is, uh, apart from preparing financials, uh, the investor relations teams also gathers what kind of expectations that are there what kind of uh, estimates that analysts are building. And similarly, even the companies which are holding the stocks or the large institutions which are holding the stock, what kind of expectations they are building. So prior to any kind of financial statements, the regulatory financial is one part. Secondly, uh, the expectations uh, capturing is another part. And by the time, of course, once the earning calls uh, has been kind of set in place, 
uh, they need to ensure that most of the uh, reasons behind uh, a good growth, bad growth, good margin, bad margin, maybe if there are any other events that have taken place during the quarter are being well captured, well presented in a manner that can communicate a clear and concise picture of uh, the financials. Thanks, Sumit. So what challenges does the management face with respect to financial reporting? Well, of course, the first one is, of course, the, the regulatory requirement itself. While over a period uh, that has kind of uh, gotten straightened up as such uh, with, with uh, many more uh, guidance notes by uh, Institute of Chartered Accountants of India. And similarly, uh, even uh, industry bodies have helped uh, kind of uh, standardize uh, many of the reporting structures. If I go back in my career and, and maybe look at around 2008, at that point in time, disclosure related to foreign currency translation or what kind of uh, foreign currency uh, reporting needs to be done was one of the things that was uh, of a lot of discussion. So something which has come up new as a practice and which can be kind of reported in a different manner by different companies or that can have multiple way of representing things uh, is what uh, makes uh, financial reporting a bit of a difficulty. And similarly, maybe communicating it to the market of their own views further adds to the complexity and the job gets difficult for an analyst as well as for the market to compare between different companies while one company might have taken uh, X view where they are taking the translation with the top line versus the other company would take it as a other comprehensive income and gradually the difference between the two in terms of accounting standard would make comparison a bit difficult or different. Similarly, I mean, uh, of course, uh, there are several regulations which come up for uh, banking as a sector, uh, which further kind of uh, uh, creates challenges where there could be different uh, interpretations. Maybe going forward, if uh, a currency like Bitcoin becomes uh, acceptable uh, more of uh, doing business, uh, any kind of fluctuation in uh, such uh, currency is going to be a challenge for uh, reporting. I I'm sure Tesla won't be having a very difficult time reporting volatility and holding it as a cash, right? We would have never seen cash being so volatile, right? So uh, these uh, challenges, when they come up, uh, is a bit of a difficult part for uh, uh, the corporates as well as uh, the further difficulty is uh, have it incorporated, have it audited with the auditors, uh, having it communicated it to the analyst and communicated it to the market so that it can be really valued in the manner which is kind of comparable between the two within an industry itself. Got it. SEBI has set rules for how public companies should report financial information, right? So balancing transparency with keeping sensitive details confidential is quite tricky. How does the management handle this? Yeah, again, a very intriguing question which uh, most of the corporate uh, managers uh, look for as such, right? Because it's a very thin line between uh, transparency and uh, kind of maintaining uh, that secrecy or maintaining non-disclosure as such. So ultimately, one has to build a right kind of trust. Uh, each each corporate want to uh, build a right kind of trust with the market participants in terms of sharing 
uh, uh, the the paths that a particular company is taking, right? So uh, that, as I said, it's it's a very thin line. Um, one has to be really uh, tactfully take selective part of each of the events, which can be helpful for investors, but at the same time, kind of keeping the confidentiality in place. I think that that is one of the strategies that one can uh, deploy out here. But nonetheless, uh, I mean, one has to err on the side of conservatism rather than being uh, a bit of an aggressive or a much more uh, extremely bullish rather than being uh, kind of conservative or realistic is what I would rather uh, try to put in this uh, matter. The boom and bust cycles often disrupt projections as we've witnessed during the unexpected global impact of COVID. How does the management navigate these fluctuations and uphold investor sentiment during challenging times? Ashish, what really happens is during times of uncertainty, management is as clueless as any other person. Take the case of COVID, right? I mean, if one were to ask what will happen to your business, rather he would say, oh, boss, I'm equally concerned or maybe equally non-certainty about the, these outcomes. And look at what has happened. I mean, uh, rather uh, shutdowns were announced on 24th March 2020. And that was rather the day where uh, markets bottomed out. Uh, the real impact of COVID uh, was there for next 18 to 24 months on the life of people. But uh, markets bottomed out far, far earlier than the real impact of the COVID was uh, seen. So during market volatility, during uh, kind of uh, economic uncertainties, what management actually needs to do is uh, maybe share the reality that they are uns I mean, they are they really don't know. What they can further do is uh, maybe uh, in, in such a scenario, they need to maybe share with the investor community about what are the likely actions they are to take in various scenarios. Let's say if, if it's an extended COVID, what is it that they are going to do? If it is it really kind of boils down to a very short event where government takes action. And similarly, if if that, this gets worse, then what is it that they are good? I mean, I have seen very good management uh, during times of uncertainty. What they say is, we are going to hold hands of our clients and we will do what is best for our client. And similarly, during COVID, uh, good or the best of the management, what they did is rather than really talking about how the business will be there, they talked about the health of their employee, right? Because that, wa that was the first and the foremost important point for their business continuity, right? So they need to share what is the kind of action that they are going to take. They need to maybe share, the management need to share in, in various scenarios what are the action points or what are the likely outcomes that would be there of each of the scenarios that they are thinking about. And such actions really build a very long-lasting relationship between investors as well as the corporates. So th that's how uh, they can really tackle this particular scenario. When examining financial statements in isolation, there's a risk of potential misinterpretation. Companies often make short-term decisions that may not immediately boost cash flows but are essential for the long-term vision, right? How does the management effectively communicate a forward-looking vision to help investors understand the rationale behind such decisions? So, uh, as we discussed, I mean, you know, for any company, they need to communicate uh, their long-term strategic vision in the most transparent 
and most uh, communicable manner as so within that of course there will always be a situation where there are short term events short term outcomes short term actions being taken by management which actually are either building towards the long term vision or they may not align with the long term vision the larger point is how does each of the companies or corporates really help them out to or maybe communicate with the investors the right kind of story and these short term communications short term goals or short term events that really take place they need to communicate in a manner where the path or the bridge to having a long term vision is quite clear just to give you an example a services company getting into manufacturing i mean why is it that they are it's really not something that they should be doing but uh, management clearly kind of put up a narrative where they explained how starting a manufacturing outsourcing is much more beneficial for them in the the long term uh, trajectory that they are looking for because uh, whatever uh, research that they would be doing if this manufacturing company is able to manufacture for their client possibly it it creates a win win situation for client and the company and and which is where i mean and further they uh, demerged that manufacturing company from uh, the service company and it created a long lasting value for client the company as well as both of the companies that are there at clicks they they need to clearly articulate uh, such uh, uh, short term actions which aligns with the long term uh, strategic vision of the company sure sumit let's talk a little about actual performance versus targets actual performance is likely to fall short of targets and deviations are inevitable how does the management address and manage these situations yeah again i mean i i think that happens a lot and that's where uh, a clear demarcation or a clear differentiation between a good management and a bad management comes into picture so there are bound to be deviations and yes if it is a positive deviation of course the market is happy the stock market takes it positively and there is further value creation in terms of yes the earning upgrade and at the same time even the valuation up now the real point comes if they are deviating from i mean if there is a negative deviation from what was being either guided earlier or in terms of um, analyst expectations or in terms of any specific event that might have taken place for the sector or for that matter for this particular company so in such an event uh, first of all they need to be really committed to uh, solve or maybe address this particular concern the management need to be kind of committed to solve this particular concern first second they need to be quite proactive as far as solving uh, any kind of deviations that have uh, been there and third maybe give a roadmap of how this deviation can be handled uh, in future share the facts what really happened second what is it that impacted the financials third maybe how long this will likely do we continue what is the action that they have taken to ensure that in future this may not happen or if it happens for so and so time how are they going to handle it and lastly how is it that they are going to bring back things to a normality path or is it that this is a new norm so as a combination of of uh, good communication tactics uh, having right belief in solving or maybe taking the concerns of investor and being proactive 
of building the path between uh, what was happening earlier till the long-term goals or long-term strategic vision that this company goes to. So, I, I think this should take care of uh, any kind of deviations that are there. As far as the communication is concerned. Understood. So, can we consider an example maybe to better grasp the distinction between effective and ineffective management? The financial scandal at Satyam Computer Services in 2009, for instance, was marked by extensive accounting fraud. How could an analyst examining the financial statements have identified the fraudulent activities? Yeah, interesting. Well, so, I mean, I, I was on the uh, burning seat during these events as such. I mean, so, just to share this particular kissa as such or event uh, or maybe my analysis at that point in time, what we did is we compared uh, how the interest income that uh, Satyam was uh, getting was far less than their competitors. And we asked this to management and we really didn't get any kind of a concrete uh, kind of an outcome. And at that point in time, Satyam, the levels at which it was trading, I mean, it was foolish not to buy, I mean, a any investor uh, would say, yeah, it's like cheap, cheaper by 40%. Uh, the cash held is almost 30% uh, by the company and uh, any and every investor would rather be latching on to uh, a stock like Satyap before all these events really took place, right? So it was cheaply available and uh, maybe uh, there was this uh, maybe itch to buy such a stock but the deviations from uh, their competitors is what was stopping us to, to have an exposure. Although we had a limited underweight exposure in that stock at that point in time. But the moment uh, there was an announcement uh, as far as uh, Satyam and Metas is concerned, I mean, that gave a very clear indication that the cash was non-existent on Satyam's books. And um, uh, that's where, I mean, whatever small position we had, we kind of exited that. So, I mean, uh, Satyam as a case, and again, after their announcement of uh, merger, uh, it was being opposed by most of the investors. And lastly, during Jan 2008, I'm sure the founder came out with a statement about the kind of uh, fraud or kind of uh, uh, financial mismanagement that was being done in the company and the cash was actually non-existent. So, uh, yes, uh, corporate governance issues uh, have to be taken care, the integrity of uh, companies have to be taken care and these financial statements, if you go and drill further, you really get the glimpse of which managements are really uh, serious, which managements are really want to create stakeholder value uh, and are kind of transparent. Fundamental analysis is a method of evaluating a security or investment by examining the intrinsic value of the company. It involves analyzing various factors that can affect a company's performance and value, such as financial statements, management, industry conditions, and economic indicators. The goal of fundamental analysis is to determine whether a stock or investment is overvalued or undervalued. Let me share a few key points that you must keep in mind while analyzing a company's performance. The duration a company has been in business is an important factor. Longer established companies may have a better track record and stability. Companies with strong brand and competitive advantage tend to perform better as well. Brand recall and a high entry barrier contribute to a company's long-term success. Companies with a monopoly or government restrictions often have a competitive advantage due to limited competition, making them attractive for investment. Consistency in a company's identity and operations is crucial as well. 
companies that frequently change their names or business focus may be signaling instability or opportunistic behavior. Of course, positive sales and net profit growth are extremely crucial indicators. Consistent growth aligns with the company's expansion and profitability. Businesses not paying taxes despite earning profits may raise concerns too. Understanding the reasons behind low or no tax payments is essential, as it could be a red flag for financial irregularities. The stake held by company promoters is a critical factor. High promoter ownership aligns their interest with shareholders. Frequent selling or pledging of shares by promoters may indicate lack of confidence or financial issues. Observing the actions of promoters such as buying or selling shares can provide insights into their confidence in the company's prospects. Promoters increasing their stake is generally viewed positively. The promoter's alignment with the business is crucial also. If a promoter is actively involved and has a genuine interest in the company's success, it bodes well for the company's future. Fundamental analysis involves considering various factors and their interconnections. No fixed formula exists and a comprehensive evaluation is necessary for making informed investment decisions. While the mentioned points cover significant aspects of fundamental analysis, it's important to note that analysis may vary based on the industry, economic conditions and specific company dynamics. You should conduct thorough research and stay updated on relevant information before making investment decisions. Of course, for better investment guidance, you can always look at the qualified financial advisors of One Finance. Let's take control of our financial destinies with confidence and mindfulness. If you found this valuable, then help us spread the message and until next time, stay financially empowered. This is Temperament by One Finance, produced by Wine Studio, and I'm your host, Ashish Shabla. Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all related documents carefully before investing. The securities quoted are for illustration only and are not recommendatory.